Welcome to Barry Aftercare, the podcast. This is episode number 12, Self-Esteem and Weight, The Connection. When you listen to people talk, you can learn a lot about how they feel about their personal sense of value or their self-esteem. Are you aware of the things you say and the ways you behave that tell others your sense of self-esteem? And what's self-esteem got to do with weight loss anyway? Well, I believe the more we see ourselves as valuable people, the better we are going to talk to ourselves and the healthier we are going to treat ourselves. Most of us end up as adults with bruised self-esteem to some degree. The great news is we can all improve our self-esteem. Listen in and pick up some tools for learning to value yourself more and improve your self-esteem. You might be surprised at the effect this has on your weight. I'm your host, Dr. Connie Stapleton. Be sure to check out the entire Berry Aftercare program for successful post-op living at www.berryaftercare.com. Now, let's get on with today's topic. Hi, and welcome to Barry Aftercare or Barry Aftercare, the podcast, depending on if you're listening to the podcast or watching the video or just listening to the video as you exercise or do the dishes or fold the laundry, whatever you're doing. Uh, as you know, by now, Barry Aftercare, the podcast is one part of Barry Aftercare, an entire program for those people who want to do really, really well all the way through the rest of their lives after having weight loss surgery. So today we're going to be talking about something that relates to every single one of us because it's just a part of human life, a part of human nature, and that is our self-esteem. We can't go through life without self-esteem. Some of us have good self-esteem. Some of us have poor self-esteem. Some of us have good esteem in some areas of our lives and not in others. But today we're going to talk about what self-esteem is actually, and we're going to talk about how self-esteem plays into this whole journey of weight loss. What's the connection there? And when does it matter? I'll answer that one right now. It matters every ding, dang, dong, day. Your self-esteem plays into your behavior. And I'm going to, well, I'll hold off on that. All right, let me talk about what self-esteem is. We all have kind of a general idea about what self-esteem is, but I'm going to give you some words that are used to formally describe what our self-esteem is. But before I do that, I want you to remember that it's not necessarily an across-the-board issue because I've heard so many people say that they have good self-esteem in the area of their parenting or the area of their job or the area of their athleticism or the area of their relationship skills. But in another area, their self-esteem is lacking. And I think that's a legitimate kind of thing. I don't think we have, you know, let's say we could have a self-esteem score of one to 10. I don't think we're a six or a four or a 10 or a nine across the board. I don't think that's realistic. So don't get too hung up on you either have it or you don't. And you don't even have it the same every day, right? Some days I feel more confident and feel better about myself. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get out there and take on the world. And other days I'm like, ugh, I'm really struggling to believe I have anything to offer. So it's not a, it's not a stable kind of thing that is or is not. So don't get too worked up about it, but take what you can from this talk and really give it some thought because I will tell you, that self-esteem is very, very much related to our behavior. So, you know, we've talked about in recent weeks, our relationship with food and our behavior around food. And if our relationship with food isn't all that healthy, I'm going to tell you, it's a clue to indicate that your self-esteem in that area, or maybe more generally, isn't where you might want it to be. And I'll tell you why I say that before we do any word descriptions or before I give you a list of 
you know, what a person with healthy self-esteem might look like out there in the world. One question I want to ask you is, how would a person with pretty good overall self-esteem treat themselves? How would a person with poor self-esteem or overall lack of self-worth treat themselves or behave toward themselves? I will guarantee you it's going to look very different. A person with healthy self-esteem or high self-esteem, genuinely high self-esteem is going to treat themselves overall consistently better than a person with overall low self-esteem. So let's get to that, find out where you're at. And then later in the week, we're going to talk specifically about ways to improve your self-esteem. Of course, we'll allude to some of that today. So let's get going. So what does self-esteem mean? Right in psychological terms, of course, I'm a psychologist. I'm going to give you the psychological terminology, right? It's really your, your overall way of your sense of personal worth or value. How do I see myself in relation to the world? What do I appreciate about myself? What are the things I like about myself? And I hope beyond hope that there are several things you can put on that list. But I do know from experience in leading workshops and in being part of workshops, reading the research, that a lot of people can list a very long list of things they don't like about themselves or things they struggle with in relation to themselves compared to the list that they can write down about the things they like about themselves. That kind of balance or lack of balance in lists is kind of going to let you know where a person stands in terms of their overall self-esteem. So what is your sense of your worth? What do you appreciate yourself? Are you able to say the things that you like about yourself as well as things that kind of annoy you about yourself, right? You know, what are your beliefs about yourself? How do you appraise your own attitude? Do you tend to be a a pessimistic person or an optimistic person most of the time? You know, it doesn't matter. That in itself does not declare, you know, or determine your self-esteem. But if you look at the overall picture, you know, how's my attitude? What is my appraisal of my appearance? What uh, is my overall mindset about my beliefs, my emotions, my behaviors toward other people, toward myself, how I care for the environment, how I care for other people with whom I live, how I care for strangers. What do I say to myself when I look in the mirror? How do I view myself in relation to peers in terms of my worth, my value, not how much money I make. I'm not talking about that kind of value, monetary value. I'm talking about my worth as a human being compared to the human beings in my neighborhood, in my city, in my county, in my state. In the world, how does my value compare to others? And I'm going to tell you a story, and I guess I'll just tell it to you now because it's on my mind. So I'm having a talk with a woman one day about her value as a human being. And she was describing to me that when she's at a higher weight and uncomfortable with her weight, she believes she gets into this belief set that she has less value as a human being than her coworkers, or she has less value as a human being than other people like the church group or, you know, the, the people in her neighborhood or whatever it is. She values herself at a lesser rate of human value. When she's at a weight she likes, she sees her value as being more important. Now, I get where that comes from. I totally understand because people treat you that way, right? Society at large treats heavier people worse than they treat people who are at a healthier weight. So the society at large very much gives people the message, you have less value as 
a person who carries extra weight. And that's evidenced by the value that other people give you, that they assign to you. They, you know, the stereotypes associated with those who carry extra weight, being lazy, unintelligent, unmotivated, lacking discipline, eating all the time. You and I know those things aren't true. You and I know that that is is some sort of faulty thinking within our society and that it's a stereotype that is unfair in most cases, right? The sad thing to me is that the individual who suffers from obesity takes that societal value and imposes it on themselves. Now you can understand how easy that is to do, right? Of course, it's, it's, it's almost, it's very difficult not to respond to being treated poorly externally and not treat yourself poorly internally. So I understand that struggle, but what I want to do in the next couple of talks is really help you to remove yourself from whatever society says about stereotypes and make a decision for yourself. And that's going to make a huge impact on how you follow through with your eating behaviors over time. And I'll explain why as we go. Okay. So healthy self-esteem. Now here's something that's kind of tricky for people. Sometimes we look at other people and we think, wow, that person has amazing self-esteem. I mean, just listen to the way they talk. And what this person may be saying is, you wouldn't believe how good I am at pretty much everything I do. I, you know, they can always one-up everybody else. You know, somebody's been on vacation to so-and-so. Well, they've been there and they've been to these other 12 places as well. And somebody can, you know... um, they have a really great talent at cooking or uh, art or something else. And this person, wow, they can do that too. And not only can they do that, they can do this and this and this. So all the things they're saying make it appear as though they have this wonderful self-esteem because they're saying so many great things about themselves. Let me tell you, sometimes what that is demonstrating is an inflated sense of self-esteem. So people who brag a lot, who boast, who go around telling everybody how great and wonderful they are, honestly, it's usually a red flag that they don't really value themselves that much. So be careful, you know, don't think, wow, that person really must have it all together. They're just, you know, they're just telling everybody how great and wonderful they are because that's usually a sign that they don't feel so great and wonderful. So a person with healthy self-esteem may say, you know what, you know what, I've been, I've been very, very gifted and I'm very lucky to have the skill of, of being able to draw, you know, I'm, I feel really grateful for that gift, but they don't say, well, I'm so good at it. Can you believe how good I am at that? But they might say, you know, And I envy your ability to sit down and play the piano, or I envy your ability to speak as eloquently as you do. So a person with healthy self-esteem will absolutely acknowledge their strengths. They're not bragging about it. They're not making sure everybody knows how much better than they are, right? So a healthy self-esteem will acknowledge their skills, their traits, their talents, and they'll express having gratitude for them. And they'll take credit for them, but they're not going to brag about it. And they're not going to put anybody else down in the process, right? Now, self-esteem that's low can either look like the inflated person or it can be, yeah, I really can't think of very much I like about myself. Or, you know what? I'm not really too good at much of anything or, you know, you know, I'm sort of okay at that. But gosh, everybody else seems to be able to do it much better than I am. So if you listen to a person talk, they're really going to clue you in 
to how they feel about themselves. And here's a kicker for a lot of us. We're really unaware of how we present ourselves in our self-talk. So one of the things, I'm going to give you a tip right here at the get-go, and then I'm going to go back to the story about the woman who was sharing with me about how her weight affected her sense of self-worth. So ask your friends or the people in your family who you are closest to or your friends that you trust the most or the people in your office environment that you really trust. You don't want somebody who's going to point it something out negative to you and go, ah, 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 you know, and really just try to dig it into. That's not what we're looking for here. What we're looking for here is awareness because remember, awareness is the first step of change. So if you've got people in your world or in your environment that you can trust to safely and kindly share pieces of information with you that will help you grow and develop, you want to utilize them. So one of the things that you can do is say to these people, you know, I'm trying to get a good sense of how I give people clues about how I feel about myself. So what I'd appreciate is if you hear me say something negative about myself out loud, could you just let me know? doesn't have to be in the moment, but maybe at a later time, if other people aren't around, maybe say, you know, I heard you say earlier that you really know good at very many things. And I'm just wondering, is that the kind of thing you were referring to when you want me to share with you something I hear about, hear you say about yourself? And it's a great way to get some awareness and ask them to give you information of when they hear you say something positive about yourself. So they might say, you know what? I was so excited to hear you say that one of your strengths is being able to decorate a room really nicely. It was really nice to hear you say something nice about yourself so that you can get aware, become aware of your poor grammar like I'm using there, you can become more aware of how you're telling people how you feel about yourself. Because if you really have a good listening ear, boy, you can, you can learn a lot about how people feel about themselves by the way they talk about themselves. And you do the same thing. And I do the same thing. So we want to be better aware of how we're coming across to other people because we leak information about our self-worth and our self-esteem. So the woman who was sharing with me that she feels less value as a human being in comparison to others when she's at a higher weight. So we're having a discussion and I'm trying to, A, both understand where she's coming from and B, help her hear herself and what she's saying. And how it's somewhat of an irrational comparison that she's making. So I said to her, so if we line up everybody in the neighborhood, or if we randomly pick out a thousand people from across the world, and we line the people up in a line, and whether you're a spiritual person or not, But just objectively speaking, which person out of those thousand random people, some short, some tall, some different skin colors, some different sizes, some different intellectual abilities, some more accomplished as far as the world is concerned, some making more money, some making less money, some having better grammar, some not having such great grammar. Which of those thousand people has the most value in terms of, you know, if you're a spiritual person in terms of God, or if you're not a spiritual person in terms of their value to the universe, which one of those persons, how do you, how do you pick out which person has the most inherent value as a human being. So she stops and she thinks and she stops and she thinks and she gets it. And she says, well, they all have equal value as human beings. To which I say, I absolutely agree. There's not one human being on the planet that objectively 
has more value, more worth than anybody else on the planet. Oh yeah. Yeah. She agreed. Right. And I'm thinking you probably agree too. At least I'm kind of hoping you agree because humans are humans, right? We all have different strengths, different weaknesses, different uh, values or different value we can add to the world as a whole. But as human beings, there's not one of us who's more important than another. We all have equal value. So the next few minutes, she says, but I don't have as as much self-worth or I don't have as much value when I'm overweight. I'm like wanting to hit my head against the wall. She understands the concept and I'm pretty sure you understand the concept as well. But we go back to that ingrained set of thinking. At least some people do that say, if I'm overweight, I have less value. Now, people do this in other arenas of life as well. If I have, um, if I don't have as high an IQ on a piece of paper based on the way they determine IQ in our day and age, then I have less worth. That's not true. That is absolutely not true. People who have less hair than other people do not have less value. People who are shorter than tall people do not have less value. So I want you to remember that value is an absolute given. Equal value is given to each person. Guess what makes our our value plummet, our value to ourselves? What makes our self-esteem low? Well, ultimately, it's how we think about ourselves. It doesn't start off that way. We're born with pretty good self-esteem, I believe. I believe, and I tell this story a lot, and if you're familiar with my work at all, you've heard me tell this story, that we're born like a full water bottle or a full cup. We are born with all the self-esteem, all the, all the goodness of life in the world. And we believe that you're, I mean, look at a baby. Watch how a baby looks at you or watch how a toddler, you know, just looks at the world and everything is interesting and marvelous and curious. And, you know, they just look at you and they look you right in the eye and they're like, I mean, it's like, they're just oozing. I have value. You have value. Isn't it great? Isn't it great how we all have value? It's just so great. And as we get older and maybe unpleasant things happen in our lives, like maybe there's a kid who's overweight and they're picked on at school. Well, some of that child's self-esteem or sense of value pours out because they think, why would everybody pick on me? I must not be as good as other people. That's human nature, right? Children are children. They don't have the value or the capability cognitively to say, that is not a nice thing for that child to be saying to you. All human beings have equal value. Don't listen to that. Children don't know that. You can say that to yourself as an adult today. Like, you know what? If somebody says something cruel and mean to me, that's on them. But it's hard not to feel it. It's hard not to doubt yourself, right? So children have much less defense in terms of not believing. If all the kids in school or half the kids in school are picking on them and saying, you're ugly or you're stupid or you're fat or you're not funny or you don't get to play with us, that kid's going to feel bad, right? So even though we may all be born feeling pretty darn good about ourselves and our cup is full, as unpleasant and painful things happen to us, we start to doubt our worth if we're picked on or if we're told we're not going to amount to anything or if we're criticized at home on a regular basis or if we're screamed at most of the time or if we're compared to our siblings and we're not making the cut compared to them. So our self-esteem can get pretty damaged as a child. 
So wherever you end up as an adult, maybe you're mostly full, maybe you're half full, maybe you've lost a lot of your self-worth or a lot of your self-esteem, then that is going to show in your behavior towards yourself. And this is the question I asked at the very beginning. How do people who have a healthy self-esteem treat themselves compared to a person who doesn't have a self-worth or a high self-esteem? In other words, I don't feel like I have as much value as these other people. People made fun of me, so I probably as a child, believed I don't have as much value. Or my parents picked on me compared to my siblings. So I didn't feel like I had as much value. Or I was always the one left out when choosing sides at school. I must not have as much value. Or the teachers always praised the people who had good grades. And I didn't have as good a grades. I must not have as much value. Or the scouting teacher or the coach or the aunts and the uncles or the, you know, external people made fun of me or laughed at me or I felt like they were making fun of me. So when we're children and a lot of self-esteem is damaged in our childhoods, we grow up feeling that somehow we have less value. So guess how we treat ourselves? like we don't have as much value or we turn to things that make us feel good temporarily to lessen the pain we feel internally. And this can look like a lot of different things, right? Sometimes people cut themselves because feeling physical pain is less painful than feeling the emotional pain of feeling like I don't fit in with my peers or I don't fit in with my family or people are always making fun of me or picking on me. So I'm going to cut myself so that I don't feel that emotional pain. So that's an example of somebody who doesn't feel like they have much worth or value inflicting physical pain on themselves. Other people start drinking at an early age, right? I don't want to feel this pain. I don't want to feel like I'm not as funny or I don't fit in with my peers or I have nothing to say in a group. So I'm going to drink. That was me, right? I didn't like how I felt. I didn't feel like I had as much value. I didn't feel like I was smart enough to be in college. I didn't feel like I could go out socially and be accepted. But if I drank, I didn't feel that sadness within myself. So it temporarily took care of that pain. Some people eat, especially young children turn to food because they know it makes them feel better for a little while, right? I'm going to eat some, some cookies or something sweet, or I'm going to have some chips because they make me feel better for a little while, right? But after that momentary feel goodness is left, then I feel worse because now I did what I'm not supposed to do and I ate the food and it's going to gain weight and now they're going to accept me less. And so now I'm going to accept myself less. And that vicious cycle starts, right? And our self-esteem gets lowered and lowered and lowered. People who have high self-esteem say, you know what? You know, maybe they're treated well at school. Maybe their um, their families, maybe they're not even treated well at school or by peers, but their family makes up for it. And they're like, you know what? If that person doesn't like you, who cares? We love you. So let's try hanging around with this set of friends and see what happens, right? So the family kind of boosts them up and reminds them that you have every bit of value. So it depends on what's going on, not only... Not only that, but we're born with different internal resources. So some kids, it really wears on them and some kids being picked on doesn't wear on them so much. So there's a lot of factors here, just like the disease of obesity. There's a lot of factors, but we have to come to a point. And as an adult, you're able to come to the point where you want to say, okay, if my self-esteem is lacking, What can I do to boost that? Because as long as I doubt my value as a human being in comparison to others, I'm going to treat myself, I'm going to treat myself poorly because our behavior reflects how we feel about ourselves. And I hate to tell you that that's true, but that's true, right? And again, you may 
really have high self-esteem when it comes to your career, your occupation, or your intellect. And so you're going to treat yourself well in that area. You're going to continue to learn. You're going to put yourself out there. You're going to get a good job. You're going to, but your self-esteem where it comes to your appearance may lack. So you may not dress as well as you, as you might otherwise, or you may overcompensate and make sure you're never seen in public unless you are completely dressed to the nines, full makeup, whatever it is. Remember, overcompensating is often a way to disguise our self-esteem, right? A person with a healthy self-esteem, you know, might run to the grocery store in their pajama pants and don't care because it doesn't matter. Their worth and value is not based on how they look and they're not trying hard to impress people. It's kind of complicated and don't take everything I'm saying as the be all and end all. This is a hugely complicated thing, but do take to the bank that people who don't feel very good about themselves, who value themselves less compared to other people inwardly don't treat themselves as well as people with high self-esteem. A person with high self-esteem or healthy self-esteem may get reprimanded at work and they're going, hmm boss had a bad day, or they might just go, you know what? I am kind of behind on that. I'm going to have to step up my game. Whereas a person with low self-esteem who got the same feedback from the boss might go, what, what do they know? They don't know anything about me. They're just picking on me or, you know, I'll show them, you know, a person with low self-esteem responds very differently, defensively. Um, or very, takes things extraordinarily personally, right? All those kinds of things are keys to how a person values themselves. So like, my, my, like the woman that I was working with who understood the concept but wasn't living it out, we have to become really aware because I had to point out to her, you know, we just had this discussion and you agreed that all people have equal worth. And five minutes later, you're back to saying when you're heavier, you're not as worthy as other people. So it's not something that you can just get and grab hold of and, and figure it out. It took me years, (laughs) literally. And I still have to work on it because there are certain areas of self-esteem where I still have, you know, some sensitivity And I can still take things too personally about different topics. Um, I still can go to a conference and feel like I'm not intelligent enough and have less worth as the other professionals there. But I've learned the skills to go, wait a minute. I can't compare myself to these people on every measure. I know certain things about maybe food addiction. They know a lot more maybe about, you know, um, improving stamina or maintaining motivation. So I can learn from them. They can learn from me. So I don't plummet in my self-esteem just because I have a weakness in that area. So what I want to do this week and next week is help you develop some skills. And one of the biggest ones, as always, is going to be awareness because you can't change something if you're not aware of it. The next one is going to be self-talk. So even if you feel that punch to the gut, like I don't fit in here, these people are all better than me in some way, or I don't have as much value as these people for whatever reason, which is irrational and illogical, but it feels very real to you because maybe it developed a long time ago and you've continued to play that tape. And now as an adult, you believe it. So you become aware of it and then you change what you say about it. And eventually you'll change how you think about that. And that is the process. It's not easy, but it can happen. So it's not, you hear it, you get it, you implement it. A few people do, but not really. All right. So I'm going to give you this little checklist. I'm going to, and this is a list. These are signs that indicate a person that has Pretty good overall self-esteem, meaning I find as much value in myself as I do in other people. And it's amazing when you see somebody who has a good sense of self. It's like, wow, 
I really want to be like that. I really, and it's not a fake thing. It's not an arrogance to make up for insecurity because that's really easy to spot once you've seen it. And it's just like, I feel sad for those kind of people because it's like clear that they're trying to say, am I as good as you? Am I as good as you? And I'm going to make sure you know I'm as good as you by telling you I'm better than you. All right. So let's talk about the signs of a person with an overall healthy self-esteem. It doesn't mean they think they're better. It just means I have strengths, I have weaknesses, and I'm okay with the whole picture. All right. So a person with good, solid self-esteem knows the difference between confidence and arrogance. So when somebody says, thank you, you know, I am so grateful that I have this gift of art or thank you. I'm so grateful that I have the ability to sing the way I do, or thank you. I'm so, so grateful that I have the ability to decorate the way I do. Right. It's not Thanks. I know. Can you believe this? I, I just, I feel sad for people who aren't able to do this. Like I can, <laughs> that's arrogance, right? But they're confident. They don't have to say, Oh, it's nothing. Oh, really? Please. They don't have to do that. They know they're good at it. They're grateful. They know it's a gift or that they've worked really hard to get there. So the difference between confidence and arrogance. A person with decent self-esteem isn't afraid of feedback. And this is a tough one. And this is where a lot of us got to go, oh, crap. I have some work to do in that area. So if somebody says to you, you know, um, I, you know, you, you're just not living up to the pace at which this project needs to be done. We're on target as a team to be finished by the end of next week. And judging by what you've got going on here, it's, it's looking like it's going to take you a couple more weeks. What can I do to help? Any kind of negative feedback is going to crush, not just hurt or ache a little bit, but it's going to crush somebody who already doesn't feel a lot of value. They might get defensive. They might fall into self-pity. They might fall into despair. So how good are you at taking feedback? you know, a healthy self-esteem, they're going to feel it, right? It's like, oh, nobody wants to give feedback that seems negative, but a healthy self-esteem person is going to go, oh, that kind of hurt. But you know what? I see what you're saying. You know, I guess I'm going to have to pick up the pace on that and I might need some help doing it. That's healthy self-esteem. All right. Now, a lot of people are going to identify themselves as a people pleaser. Do you identify yourself as a people pleaser? Or do you identify yourself as somebody who seeks approval? And it's classic for people to seek approval from their parents, right? But at some point in time, there's a term called individuating. It's like, even when it comes to your parents, of course, we want our parents' approval. It's kind of innate. It's built into us. At some point, if you're not going to get it from your parents, a healthy self-esteem person is going to go, you know what? I'm not going to keep beating my head on that wall. Of course, I need approval. We all do. It's a healthy, normal adult need. I'm going to seek it elsewhere from a mentor or from a peer or from somebody might be my boss or somebody further along the journey, right? People pleasers and those who really seek approval and have a desperation about it. It's a sign of unhealthy self-esteem. Healthy self-esteem says, I don't need to seek approval from people. I need to approve of what I do. Yeah, I want approval. It is a healthy self self-esteem thing. We all have the need for some approval, but I'm not going to beg for it from somebody. I will go to somebody who's willing to give it to me. And people pleasers are the same way. It's like, I'm going to, you know, avoid conflict at all costs because I want everybody to be happy. I don't want anybody to be upset. And for sure, I don't want them mad at me. Translated, I already don't feel good enough about myself. So if people aren't happy with me, I'm going to feel even worse. So it can improve. Trust me, it can get better. People with a healthy self-esteem aren't afraid of conflict. So if you avoid conflict at all costs, it means I can't deal 
with getting any negative feedback or I can't deal with anybody telling me something about myself I don't want to hear or I can't stand to feel stressed or tense in a situation because somehow I'm going to feel bad or guilty or like I could do something to fix it. So people who have a self-esteem that's pretty healthy, it's like, you know what? Sometimes we have to have conflict. It doesn't mean a screaming war or a fist fight. It means I disagree with what you say and here are the reasons why. And I'm able to hear from you the reasons you disagree with me. So conflict doesn't have to be madness. It's just a discussion or it could be healthy conflict is. People with good self-esteem aren't afraid to set boundaries. They'll say, no, I can't work on that project. My plate is too full. I can't take on another thing at this time. Or I know you would like me to pick such and such up for you, but today it isn't going to work. I'll be glad to do it tomorrow or next week, but today it won't work for me. Some people are like, what? Oh my God, I would never do that. Or I can't set boundaries. It's really hard for me to say no, especially to my parents. Well, that means we have some work to do on your self-esteem because my time is as valuable as your time, right? So there are days when I can't do everything for you. Yes, I want to please you, but today is not going to work. I can't. So being able to set boundaries is a good indication of healthy self-esteem, as is being able to say, this is what I need. I would appreciate if you would listen to my version of this, or I would appreciate some cooperation from you on this project. Or, you know, we differ in opinions. It doesn't make me right or you right or me wrong or you wrong. It's just a difference in opinion. So a person with good self-esteem is assertive, but they're not pushy. I'm going to say what I believe. I don't care if you believe me or not. I don't care if you agree with me or not. You don't have to have my same religion or my same political view or my same belief about whatever it is. But I am going to tell you, this is how I believe. And this is the reason I believe it. And I'm okay with you having a different opinion. Okay. Here's where I really struggled in the past. I used to struggle a lot with perfectionism and it still haunts me at times. People with high self-esteem are not perfectionists. So sometimes people are telling me your strength. I'm a perfectionist. A little awareness. Perfection is not a strength. Perfection is saying, I don't feel good enough about myself. So I have to do it perfectly. Otherwise, there might be some negative feedback involved. And I I can't take that. Or I have to do it perfectly. So you're pleased with me. Because if you're not pleased with me, I'm going to feel really bad. And I can't deal with that. So perfection is not a skill, is not a something to be proud of, and it does not indicate good self-esteem. Saying, you know what? That's good enough. That's healthy self-esteem. All right. Not afraid of setbacks. How many people who struggle with weight are terrified of regain or of falling off the wagon because it's such a terrifying thing that it destroys my value. It destroys my worth. I'm a failure. I'm a loser. I'll never get it. Mm -mm. A setback means what do I have to do differently not to have that happen again? What can I learn from this that will help me not do the same thing again? Setbacks are never fun. It doesn't mean you're not going to go, I'm so frustrated. But it doesn't destroy your value. It doesn't say I'm not as worthy as another human being, right? So again, it's similar. This is similar to not afraid of setbacks. This is not fearing failure. So I try 17 different things and they don't work. Maybe the next one will. There's no failure except not continuing to try. But a failure doesn't mean I have no value as a human being. It means I'm courageous enough to keep on trying. I'm courageous to say, okay, that didn't work. I'm going to keep trying. That is good self-esteem. Because it says, I'm worth the effort it takes to try another way, to try another round, to try another um, another approach. And person with a healthy self-esteem doesn't feel inferior. Now, again, it doesn't mean I might not look at somebody and go, my God, I would love to have her gift of speaking. 
or wow, would I like to be able to decorate like that? Or my gosh, I cannot even imagine being able to play tennis like that. But it doesn't say I can't do what she can or he can because I'm not as good as they are. It means there ain't no way I'm ever going to be able to play tennis like that. And I would love to be able to do it, but that's not going to happen. Even if I put all the time in because I'm not gifted with the athletic ability. But you know what? I'm pretty good at this thing over here. Or you know what? I'm a pretty decent speaker, but that, what that person does is an amazing gift. Doesn't make me any less valuable or that I have less to say. It just means we're different. And there's always going to be somebody better, smarter, more talented, more athletic. So what? It doesn't mean they have more inherent value as a human being. Just like there's always going to be someone thinner, taller, more graceful. It doesn't make their value as a human being any greater, right? And a person with pretty decent self-esteem accepts who they are. Meaning I accept I do not have a gift at athletics. This is me for real. I accept I don't have a musical gift. I accept <laughs> that I do not have artistic talent. But I also know that I have tremendous creativity in other ways. I also know I have an amazing talent to listen to people. I know that I am really good at showing empathy and having empathy, but I'm not good at these other thousand things. It's who I am and I accept who I am. So that is self-esteem, right? But when our self-esteem is damaged, it usually does stem from childhood, from being hurt, from being given negative messages, from peers, siblings, parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, coaches, teachers. Externally, we get some kind of message that something's not right with us. But then, then we swallow that hook, line, and sinker and we believe it. Now, here's where you have a choice. As an adult, wherever your self-esteem is wavering or in whatever situations you feel like you don't have as much value as another person, the truth is you're probably the one telling yourself that today. Probably you're not being bullied every day at work. Probably you don't have teachers who are giving you some kind of negative message. Maybe your family still does, but we're going to talk about setting boundaries and distancing yourself from people, whether they're in your family or outside of your family, so that you're not bombarded with those messages. But here's the kicker. You're the only one who can change how you talk to you. You're the only one who can change how you believe about your value as a human being, taking into considerations your strengths, your weaknesses, your, your talents, your lack of talent, your weight, your, you know, whatever it is. You're the only one who would say, I'm okay. I'm good enough. And unless you do that, your behavior will continue to reflect a low self-esteem. And part of that for a lot of people is reflected in the choices they make with food, which provide temporary comfort and, and a consistent unhealthy diet and a consistent lack of getting some exercise says, I'm not worth doing those things for. And I hate to say that, but there's a part of it. Of course, it's complex and there are many factors, but there is a factor that says, if I don't put forth the effort and keep going and make, make changes to the best of my ability, not perfectly, not all in or all out, but consistently, that's sending a message. I don't feel, I don't feel valuable enough. I don't think I'm worth it. And that is a problem. And it will keep you stuck in unhealthy habits regarding food and weight. We don't want that, right? So on Thursday, we're going to talk about specific tips and tools 
in addition to the awareness, in addition to the self-talk, in addition to the consistent effort and asking other people. We're going to talk about specific ways to help increase your self-esteem. So be sure to join me on Thursday. And if you're not part of a Barry Aftercare program, look at www.barryaftercare.com. See how you can be a part of it so that you can go back to all these archived videos, not just the ones that are on the podcast, but ones from a solid year before. You can have access to the worksheets that I put out that go with this. And this week, you're going to have access to a wonderful woman who talks about the family dynamics and how the family members of those who are struggling with self-esteem in relation to their weight um, deal with that and, and feel helpless and feel sad and hurt and angry at times. So Dana Rosser will be on as the friend and talking about friends and family issues in relation to weight as part of the Barry Aftercare this week. So tune into that or our, you know, listen to the archive later. That will also be put out as a podcast. So, all right, you guys, that's it for today. But remember, this is your health. It's your self-esteem we're talking about. It becomes your responsibility to improve it at some point in time. So your health, your responsibility, your self-esteem, your responsibility today and every day. I will see you later in the week. Make it a great one. Use the skills, use the tools. Please share this podcast with people you believe would benefit from them. And they don't have to have weight, weight loss struggles because most of this pertains to many things in life. All right. See you, see you later. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Very Aftercare, the podcast. The information shared on this podcast is considered psychoeducation and does not constitute therapy or a therapeutic relationship. Be sure to check out all the great information I provide, much of it free, by visiting my website at www.conniestapletonphd.com. Be sure to leave your positive comments for this podcast and listen in next week to learn more ways to live your best post-op life.